0: hello my friends welcome back to minutes with Monica I'm so excited that we're here together it has been a great week for me I hope it has been for you as well I actually spent my morning watching kids um, at high school level achieve amazing goals at state competitions for cross country, cross country. so it was a lot of fun so um, anyhow I'm excited to be back with you, and I really want to expand on what I started talking about last week. If you haven't listened to the podcast last week, you could go back and listen to it now, or you can listen to it after this. I don't think it's going to make that much difference, but I really want to talk a little bit more in depth about it. Last week, I mentioned stuff um, behind the real work that helps us to understand the reason, for either why we continue to act the way we do or why it's difficult for us to make changes. So let me just recap real quick. Um, So I really and truly believe you're not Mowgli, right? You're not from the story Jungle Book. You didn't grow up with wild animals. You're not far removed from other human beings. And um, you're not with other creatures who have dissimilar needs or characteristics to you although I promise I could argue successfully even that Mowgli took on traits of those who influenced his circle but what I mean by how you grow up is that you have several different circles that impacted who you are today and I want to talk a little bit about those so this first circle would be your inner circle close friends family people who you spend or have spent a large amount of time with that would be considered family even if they're not necessarily blood relative okay whatever these people taught you about love forgiveness compassion and in a broad sense emotions these are the truths that you return to naturally simply because they're ingrained in the makeup of who you are. So then you have an intimate circle that's not necessarily family. These are people who have a large impact on your life. Maybe they represent authority. Or it might be that you spend a large amount of time with these people. They could be parents of friends. They could be religious figures or teachers and Maybe there are types of people, or these are the types of people that would fall into that group category, right? There is also a very broad circle of influencers. (laughs) I'm sorry, I wish you could see me right now because I talk with my hands and you can't see me and I'm still talking with my hands. Anyhow, back to the circles. So there's also this very broad circle of influencers in our lives. These are the people in our community. They're who uh, help us to develop our cultural norms, things that are socially accepted. And as I talk about this a lot, this is, as with most topics, this is not an exhaustive list. This is a very broad and general idea of what I want you to see, but I just really want you to get the, this idea in your head, okay? So, that all said, all of these people have given you your outlook on life they taught you the meaning of emotions behaviors and they influenced how you internally process all aspects every aspect of your life is impacted by them in one way or the other the way that you process comes out in your actions and words right the way you internally process those come out in your actions and words really important here to note. there's not one person to fault for who you are in fact i'm really really serious about this this is a topic if you got into this conversation with me i would really debate with you because i don't believe in faulting others for our actions because even if they did or said evil things they still ultimately have limited control over us why we can't fault them we can recognize that they in some way shaped us which plays a factor in our sins or our harmful behaviors that we take on and carry with us every day but there are other factors that play into this as well in fact trauma and crisis are two areas that i uh, dig deeply into and they're things that two of the biggest things that can shift our internal selves and typically shift them very quickly in some cases over a time period but but today i'm not going to talk about that so that's not my focus but I, i want you to understand there are other factors that play into either our sinful behaviors or our harmful behaviors you can give them all different titles and they all kind of come back to some of the same places definition definition wise but today what I really want to focus on is that one thing that nags you constantly we talked a little bit about that last week in the podcast so I'm kind of expanding on that idea today and it's this constant doesn't go away kind of thing it's a behavior or thought. It could be either, right? So it's a behavior or thought that doesn't seem to go away regardless of how hard you try to overcome it. So think about that for a minute. And you might be able to come up with what yours is. You might be able to come up with a list of what they are. But just coming up with a general idea is kind of where I want your mind to go at this point. In i'm going to go ahead and put one of mine out there to help you get a visual notice that i did say i'm going to put one of mine out there because i promise you and if you ask my husband and my children they would say there's way more than one because there definitely is way more than one but i want to put one of these out there for you so you can kind of work through this process with me and understand what i'm talking about in a more um, defined sense right so for me mine is can be pride okay let me just name it mine is pride but it's actually for a very specific behavior and I'm going to talk about that here in a sec I I think that there are different ways in which behaviors and sins present themselves and so we need to learn to recognize those as well and I'll talk a little bit about that at the end of the podcast but for right now the the issue that I want to deal with and show you is is mine and it is pride so it's again actually a very specific prideful behavior or thought process that I go through it happens when I'm in my car and the crazy thing is that when I'm in my car there are times when I actually feel really kind of cocky and prideful and I know this really doesn't seem like a lot to you but For me it's huge and in the line of work that I do it could be really significant and so this is a place in my life that I need to be aware of and I need to recognize and so what happens for me is I actually recognize it when it happens it's this um, uncomfortable feeling for me actually drives me nuts and I wish I knew. I do know. I'm going to talk about it. <laughs> like, It just drives me nuts, right? So let me give you an example. First, let me tell you that I, if you don't know this about me, I drive a Ford Mustang. Okay, that's just, there's a whole backstory to that. But um, I, it's this beautiful car for me, right? I drive this beautiful Mustang and it is also a standard vehicle and so unless you've driven one of those you don't necessarily fully understand what the sense of power behind a sports car with a gear shift is there's really something significant in there and it may just be mental because cars are really well made anymore so they shift very quickly as automatics but mine is a standard and there are on our occasions when I get in my car I feel this sense of inflated ego behind the wheel. It's crazy. I, it's not something that walks around with me every day, but it's in this moment, right? Uh, times when this might happen would be things like I take a sharp curve at high rate speeds or when I pull over or pull up to another car at like a red light. And when the light changes, this car revs up and tries to beat me. Okay, well, if you don't know me, I'm also highly competitive. And so now you probably get the image of what happens in my head at this point. You're also probably thinking that this isn't such a bad thing, right? And I didn't say that I was sharing with you a deep, dark secret a couple of those. But what I'm saying to you is that it's something that needs to be recognized. This is an average behavior for most people. But in the sense in which I'm experiencing it, the Bible calls it pride. And in this sense, sin. And so it bothers me that my mind goes to that place so it's kind of a crazy example but I want you to see a few things here first of all I want you to see how it's sin okay because if you're hearing if I was hearing this story I would kind of blow it off and think oh it's not really that big of a deal but it is so let me kind of explain this again it isn't that I'm excited to drive my car which I am, and that's all good. Or it's not that I'm excited or grateful to have it, which I'm really incredibly grateful to have it, and there's a huge backstory to how I have it. So I'm really excited about all that. But for me, it's that it, uh, it creates this attitude that I take on within myself that somehow says I'm better than those other people around me. Just because, what, I can shift a car? Actually, that plays into it more than you realize, but because I drive a shift, stick shift, and because that I can drive that stick shift really fast, okay, like literally, I mean, I can leave many of them in my dust. And it's, again, it's not about the actions either. If I did these things because they were fun, and they are, I'm not gonna deny that, But if that was my reason behind it, it doesn't have the same power. I do these things because it's a pride thing. I literally have a sense in these moments that I'm better than the next person. That feels really, really ugly to me. And that alone is sin. But I think it goes deeper still. Because if I do not recognize this in myself, and I let it fester, it doesn't just have the ability, it just literally spills over into every other area of my life. And it suddenly becomes more than sin. It has the ability to turn into selfishness, as I might feel a sense of entitlement, or I refuse to be giving. Or I hoard what is mine. Cannot. I want you to clearly understand this. It's not the sense that I feel those things when I'm driving my car and I feel prideful. It's that those things creep into the picture when I allow that behavior of mine, that thought and behavior of pride to continue. That those things seep out in other areas, right? I become entitled or selfish. I begin to hoard some things that belong to me because they're special to me, whatever. So that's the first thing that I wanted you to see. I want you to understand how certain small things are sin or how they can be damaging to us. And when this podcast is all over and if you haven't already thought of your stuff, I encourage you to give it some time to ponder over what it might be. Not here's a really key thing though not in a negative manner that can be really overwhelming and that's not what i'm aiming here for it's a sense of recognition in who we are is what i'm looking for and i'm encouraging you to experience so it's not in a negative manner remember we all have stuff we're human we don't do it all right all the time right so we all have stuff so, what I want you to do is I want you to do it with the intention to learn something about yourself. And the second thing that I wanted you to take away from here is from this podcast is that that these thought where these thoughts come from. So let's go back to me for a second as the example. And let me just take you back to this this mustang. So my entire life I have longed to have a Mustang. Okay well not my entire life probably only since I was 16 or I could actually recognize the difference in vehicles and that may have been earlier. I don't know but I've always loved Mustangs. I'm trying to remember if maybe there was a TV show at one point and that created this. I don't grew up watching TV way earlier than probably some of you so I'm not even going to go there but I've always loved Mustangs for me I think they're sleek they're the image of what uh, a real muscle car is supposed to look like except for you know squirrel moment here but except for the few years in which they somehow Ford lost track of what a muscle car is supposed to be in the 90s and we're not going to talk about what's coming next for the Mustang oh oh anyhow but back to this Mustang, right? So I've always loved them. But as a mom of seven kids, they don't all fit into a sports car in case you didn't know that. <laughs> so I always dreamed of having one, but I couldn't fit my kids in. And I also never had the money in my life prior to the last few years to be able to own one. And so I let this idea or desire kind of consume me at times. And then when it became a reality, it gave me a sense of accomplishment again all good things until we take those things out of context and the sense of achievement i feel is unhealthy it gives me a false sense of power it builds me up not in confidence but as a gloater i i kind of just hold it over things right i never verbalize that to people you're the first people i verbalize that to so please forgive me but it makes me boastful And those are not good things. So do you see how awareness of ourselves is important? Do you you see that? It's very important that we're aware of who we are. We need to be able to determine if behaviors are healthy or if they're unhealthy. 90% of the time when I'm driving my car, it's all normal and healthy. And there's only that 10% of time in which I... Put myself above others, which is not healthy, right? Because then I'm thinking I'm better than the rest of human creation. And whether you like this statement or not, we're all equal. We're not all the same, thank God. But we're all equal. And if this belief in me goes unchecked, behaviors that are un- unhuman and unChrist-like happen. So this brings me to my third that I want you to see. I want you to understand how my internal thoughts impact my behaviors. And my inner thoughts are driven by those in my circles that I talked about at the beginning of this podcast, right? My circles. So back to the car idea. As a young girl, my way cool grandma who used to sunbathe on her deck, color her hair regularly and always have the most awesome, cool, painted fingernails. Well, she drove a sports car. And at some point, so did my dad. My grandma was also this really independent woman in my eyes. And in my eyes also, my dad was a successful businessman. So you see where at all I'm going with this? Well, one more thing. My mom was divorced. And as a result of my mom's divorce to my biological father, and that's a story for another time, I also had this feeling, this sense of insignificance as a young girl. I rarely felt good enough and certainly never valuable enough. Not that I wasn't valued. My parents valued me. I'm not saying that. I never felt valuable enough. And so I was always looking for affirmation. Can you imagine my poor brain? I have this loving stepfather who represents strength, patience, and success. And then it's juxtaposed to my biological father, whom I really wanted to be a part of my life, and I'm not sure why, because I really, in another sense, hated him. Do you know anything about how the male and female brain works? Let me just quick side note here. A female brain gets a thought, and it bounces back and forth in her brain for some time usually it ends mixed into other thoughts that are bouncing around at the same time (laughs) we can talk about 20 things at once and then you have the male brain that thinks a thought and then just stops (laughs) i hope this puts it in better perspective my brain as a young child was on constant overload And when those thoughts were no longer a consistent part of my life, when I moved on, I got married, my biological father died, etc., 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 these things no longer were a daily burden for me. But the way that my brain naturally responded to them was, these inner thoughts that I formed as a child still drive my thoughts today, sort of, and I'm not going to get into that part today, but they still have a place and so in turn that sometimes drives my behavior so like I said now I I brought up way more here than just sin but I, I want you to see how our body works naturally there's processes to things and if we don't learn to recognize these areas in our lives then they gain power over us So, a couple different things, right? I just said that after speaking about our body working naturally. One, I want you to recognize that. That's very important. But I'm going back here to the idea of sin or unhealthy behaviors. Because if we don't learn to recognize those areas in our lives, then they gain power over us. And the Bible calls those things strongholds. (laughs) Look... That definition up sometime. It's not something that we can easily break, I guarantee it. Especially if you look at the definition. This is also why I believe that when we do begin to make changes in our thoughts and our behaviors, we need the only one capable, let me say that again, we need the only one capable of overcoming them completely on our side don't want to do this alone you want somebody on your side with you and I'm suggesting to you there's only one capable of doing that while there are other people that can help there's only one capable of fully doing that completely in your life okay I've said that beating beating it with a dead horse but anyhow I really want you to hear that because I believe that is Jesus Christ and I believe without him you really are gonna struggle to make that you can't make it a complete change So last week, I talked about things that hold us back. And if we refuse to be honest, if we refuse to acknowledge our sins, our weaknesses, or unhealthy behaviors, whatever you call them, if we refuse to be honest, an interesting thing happens here. That thing, that thing gains strength. So whatever that thing is, it gains strength if we don't acknowledge it. So picture a brick wall being built around a mansion. Think of Hollywood, these big old mansions going up, and they have these wrought iron fences that are 10 feet tall. I don't know how tall they are. They're massive, right? And these brick walls that go around them. There's always one more layer of bricks. It's that kind of thing that happens here. So the first layer is our just our idea of just letting it slide by, it's, it's really no big deal, we're going to bury it, we're going to ignore it, it's not going to come back, right? In that moment, when we say no big deal, we actually give it a pass to build another layer of bricks. And if it comes up again and we do the same thing, it now begins to seep into our behaviors. And the worst part is, we don't recognize it. And we've given it another pass. So guess what? Yep, you got it. Another layer goes up. And so another time it happens and another layer and on and on, you get the picture, right? This is kind of like a fast forward version that I'm giving you here, okay? But I want you to take away from all of this that we're not unaffected by the circles of our influence. Our sinful thoughts or our behaviors, everything, everything has the potential to change who we are. And if that is the case, then when Christ and the disciples tell us that we are made new in Him, this is a tool that we should guard with all of our might. We should guard it jealously. We should willingly accept God's help that comes in the form of spiritual guidance through healthy mentors that are our friends and through the Holy Spirit. We shouldn't. Okay, let me rethink this here because miracles still do happen all the time. But we shouldn't just expect a miracle to happen here. But we should really understand that this is a process. And the first one that we should ask for guidance and help is God. So the first process is asking God for guidance and help. The second is to learn to recognize yourself, all of yourself, the good and the bad. The third is to be brutally honest with God by laying out your sins to him. Okay, that really stinks. That's not easy. But it's a very, very important step. And just by being brutally honest, we're going to feel some things melt away. You're going to get the sense of freedom in some of this. It's a very, very important step. Being completely honest with God by laying out your sins to Him. He already knows. Just tell Him. There's a release that occurs there. Fourth, refuse to give in to your unhealthy behaviors. Okay, by the way, I just want you to take a deep breath here. That means not that you won't sin. But it means that you are deciding, you're making it a determined piece of your life to know where the line is in which it becomes sin and where you need the help of the Holy Spirit. And I promise what's going to happen is you're going to become more alert and more willing to resist when that thing or that sin or that whatever you call it pops back up and because you'll be more aware and more alert to it you're going to be more willing to take your failed attempts to God which is where you need to go in the first place so there are fifths and there are six and there are sevens and there are more steps but that's not what I wanted to address with you today and in the last few podcasts I'm aware that I've really pushed you as a listener to consider what it means to trust in God by being honest, both with Him and yourself. I'm fully aware of this. And I know that some of you are making an honest attempt. And probably some of you are holding back. I get it. I do. I want to remind you As you make the decision to take this journey, or if you're in the midst of this journey, I want you to remind you that at times it can feel really heavy. I had a class when I was in seminary that a professor really, really pushed us hard to recognize our lives. And I remember walking into class and asking everybody else in class, hey, did anybody else just climb out of a dark closet? Because at times it really felt like that. So I know what I'm asking here. And I know that it could be really dark or really heavy at times. So I want you to be aware of that. And I also want you to recognize that I'm not putting those things out here just for you to think about or to muddle through on your own. I help individuals to work through these areas and I want you to know that's available to you. So if this is something that you are struggling through or something that you want to address in your life, please don't hesitate to reach out and I'll help you take this journey with you. In fact, if you go to the bottom of my homepage, there's a link to contact me. Just go to monicaswink.com and again on the homepage, look for the link and let me know how I can help you move into a healthier you. In the meantime, work through just becoming aware of yourself and how the world around you has impacted you. I love you, my friend. I'm so grateful you're letting me take this journey with you. And I can't wait until we meet back here again. God bless you. Have a great week.